and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read that week. And Amy, what did we read this week? We read Beach Read by Emily Henry. We did indeed. A romance novel that... Is you're contemporary. Going, it's a contemporary romance novel. Be proud of us, listeners. We're very proud of ourselves. And this one wasn't a recommendation. This was, I think, I just sat in the car and Googled contemporary romance novels and yes. went for something that the premise... We read the synopsis and I was like, that synopsis sounds cool. So why don't you give us your spoiler-free recap then? I can do that. I totally can. So, all right, Beach Read is... Essentially a book about writer's block, among other things. (laughs) It's about two authors who are in a small town on the kind of shores of Lake Michigan. So the one we meet first is... It's told in first person. It is told in first person. from January Andrews. Who writes women's fiction. She writes like kind of romance novels, but not in a bodice ripper kind of way. But her sort of non-negotiable is there will be a happy ending. Yes, that's exactly right. So January, what's kind of happened to January is she was in a really long-term relationship and then her dad died and she's an only child in a quite a tight, tight-knit little family unit and her dad died unexpectedly and she has that was about a year ago and she kind of crashed and burned after that and kind of lost all of that sense of happy endings and felt a bit betrayed by the whole situation. So because of this kind of shift in her life, the relationship broke down and she couldn't write anything. So she just kind of became severely impoverished and kind of angry at the world. So she has come to Lake Michigan to stay in a house that her father left her when he passed away. But the kind of thing with her is that her and her mother didn't know the house existed. Well, it's kind of her mum knew more than she did, but mm. ultimately at the at the funeral for her father, a woman came up and gave her condolences and her mum got quite upset that this other woman had come to the funeral and blah, blah, blah. So it comes, like, it seems that there was obviously stuff going on with Dad, but January's mum doesn't want to talk to her about it, so Mm. she doesn't have all the information either. It seems a bit like Dad had a second family-ish, like it's unclear how... It's 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 pretty clear that... No, no, sorry, but I mean whether or not it was like... I'm a traveling salesman who literally has a family on opposite coasts oh, yeah, that I've yeah. been maintaining for 25 years, or whether or not he just like had an affair with this woman a couple of times. It's unclear to January because no one will speak to her about it. But the thing for her is she always wrote her novels with her parents in mind because her mum had cancer a couple of times and watching their love and how their love kind of conquered everything defined her as a person. So to find out that actually the love she thought they had had a ton of compromise in it and her mum forgave a lot and actually her dad had a secret house in Lake Michigan that he would hang out at with, with his mistress. secret of the woman. Yeah. So she kind of now is, her whole worldview has kind of been broken. She moves into the house at the start of the summer. She literally has to the end of the summer to produce a book before her agent and her publicist will, publisher is going to drop her. And she meets very quickly across the way. In the house next door, in like a house situation that's 
you can see from one window into the other. The houses are quite close to each other. Yeah, so they're very, very close together. Like you can stand on each other's back deck and high five just about. And the man living next door is Augustus Everett, who is essentially the guy who wrote like the great American novel. So he writes of that the kind of yeah. Century, so he yeah. writes those kind of like dark. Very, he writes literature, not with a capital L. Exactly, and so he's living next door, and the two of them actually went to college together. But you don't find out a lot of this for about five or six chapters. No, you find that out pretty quickly. It's not until she goes to the sort of book reading and realizes who he is. She just is like he's. She calls him the Grump for the first six chapters of the book. I don't think it's quite six chapters, but I know. But he's the Grump who lives next door. But she she talks about Augustus to Augustus for a bit. But it's on the back of the book. Yes. Yes. So I wouldn't count it as a spoiler. Yes. So that's kind of her. And then they meet and it turns out that Augustus has his own things going on and he is also struggling to write his novel. So he has to like follow up this amazing literature book that he brought out last time with something else. And so in the end, they kind of make a pact again on the back of the book. They but give it does each other take, a challenge. Yeah. It does take a little while to get to it. But essentially he challenges... She challenges him to write a happy ending. Because he's like, it must be so easy. He's a bit, she thinks he's quite contemptuous of Of the types of books that she writes. And that he sees her as kind of naive and, and, ridiculously, pointlessly optimistic. She's like, I'm not, but also maybe you're right. And so she kind of says, you know, I've lost all of that anyway, so I could write a a really tragic, depressing thing like you do. And he's like, well, go on. And she, her response is, well, then you have to write something with a happy ending. He does that and she, and they also in the same time decide to like teach each other. She teaches him about romance. Research expeditions. Every Friday night she's got, I'm teaching you how to do romantic comedy and every Saturday night he's like, we're doing some some hardcore proper literature. literature (laughs) Anyway, and so that's that's it. They then she finds obviously more and more out about because this is the house that her dad was in during the time in his life that she knows nothing about during that kind of secret time. And she's sort of in her mind, oh, I'll probably sell it, so I should probably start cleaning it out. Well, she and needs she goes, to sell it for money, yeah. I don't, I can't bring myself to go into some rooms in this yeah, house because exactly. I don't know what parts of my dad's life I will find that will make me feel even more betrayed by finding out he wasn't the man I thought he was. Yeah. So that's kind of it. The end. (laughs) Anything else is spoilers. Read the book. I think you've actually given us some spoilers in that. Because I enjoyed, like, I... Did you not realise it was Augustus No, I did, but I enjoyed the, like, when's she going to find out? I enjoyed... But I haven't spoiled that. If you read the back of the book, dear listener, I've spoiled nothing. But if, like Amy, you read the back of the book and then you wait three and a half months to read the actual book and you've forgotten most of the back of the book, I've probably Which given you spoilers. didn't matter when we read The Vanishing. The Vanishing, because <laughs> the, the back of the book didn't match. The more you forgot, the better. <laughs> yes, anyway, so that's that's it. Okay. Amy, what did you think about Beach Read and would you recommend? We know how I feel about contemporary romance generally yes. and how it's just been a package a struggle. of cliches and disappointments or things that I've just found morally challenging to engage with. But this one was delightful. I Aww. So I set aside, I was like, I'm going to dive into this novel because you'd read it first and you said it was quick. 
I was I like, okay, yes. if it's and quick. If, and if I say it's quick, you're going to be like, oh, have I finished that book? Did I start it? Yes, it's inside my brain. I'm done. But I also would not be able to have a pause. <laughs> yes. If I've read it quickly, it's going to be that thing that you have to read in one sitting. So I yeah, blocked out so my calendar on a Sunday afternoon and I was like, okay. Come at me, Beatree. Reading. Sat down, read Beatreed. Had a delightful time. Good. I really liked the characters. And what I also really liked, and this is what has often challenged me, I think, in contemporary romance, is so many of them that we've engaged with, they, like, hate each other. Oh, I hate that. And then that. they do the, like, let's just lust and sex Sli- each yeah. other into liking each other. Yeah. And then you're like, but it's not actually... You're like, if at the start you Where's fundamentally... The development? But not only that, if at the start of any relationship you fundamentally disliked each other... I, I, I'm doubtful I that no matter to get how back much around, and yeah. how erotic or exotic your sexual activities are, that you're actually going to be creating a meaningful relationship. Yeah, but, I get to the end of those and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to come and check back in with you guys in seven years into your marriage because I don't think you're still and together. And see what, like seven years yeah. later. This was had a lot of character that you found out about. They had lots mm. of little like layers to their onions. They were annoyed with each other at the beginning, but then they just sort of moved beyond that. Their annoyance with each other was misunderstanding. It was about it was, making assumptions about how other people feel and think and then discovering over time that actually those assumptions you made were erroneous, like as in you weren't, yes. you didn't have all the facts with which to understand where someone else was coming from. But you said over time, and what I liked about this book was for the most part, they did actually talk about things. Of course, there's the classic like misreading of things and yeah, over emotionalizing because that's be like, a trope. Yes. But they did actually communicate with each other. And I really enjoyed that. And it wasn't a book that was where you were engaging with characters who were sort of fundamentally problematic or fundamentally unlikable. They were both really likable people. Yeah. Once you got to know them. I had a cry. Of course I have a cry. In, of course. In romance novels that I like. And some <laughs> romance so novels invested. that I don't like it's as true. well. It's true. Pretty much. I just have a cry. So I liked the little small town. Yes, the little lakeside town of creatives. Yep. There were some some bits that I felt were just put in there to be kooky or to be, you know, I'm creating atmosphere. But all in all, they didn't really get in the way of my enjoyment. I guess I'll just say that there are some characters there who felt like they were actually meant to have more of an impact on the narrative than they actually ended up having. They didn't have plot impact. Yes, they had, like, emotional character development impact on the main characters. I think they had plot development in the background that gets alluded to towards the end, but you never actually – it wasn't part of the plot. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it was to help aid and then explain parts of character development. And that this book very much for me was about character. Yeah, absolutely. Character and ultimately they sit in a house for an entire summer. Like what I liked though was because it, you know, it's a contemporary romance novel and romance novels always have tropes in it. But this one, because the characters were writers, it could be a it bit outed meta. the tropes. Yeah, it could be really meta. <laughs> it was meta about. about them, and that I think made it a lot more approachable for me to engage with because it was like you have permission to laugh at this thing. Yes, yeah. And I remember I one really scene where they were not on a date as such, but they were out on one of their adventures expeditions. and came home and jumped in Lake Michigan and they're, you know, in the lake before they even thought about it. And he's like, oh, my God. And she's like, I did not, I didn't expect it to be quite so cold. Um, 
we need to get out of the lake. And he's like, yeah, right now, right now, right now. And See, then, I read it so fast, I don't remember that scene. I and remember they climbed out and then went crying. back to their own beds, like as it, like went back to their own houses kind of thing. Or well, they sit on, they just, they, they ride sit on each and they sit on their I own love decks. That, yeah. And or she, her writing table in the kitchen. Faces you can see his, his writing yeah. table in the kitchen and they write like notes on placards. Yep. <laughs> And they're quite funny. <laughs> I really liked it. Really liked it. So it was very entertaining and a great Sunday afternoon. So, yes, I would recommend Beach Read, the contemporary romance novel. Whoa! Whoa, what about you, Kimberly? Well, I feel like although we picked it together based on our That Sounds Alright, I recommended it to you, really, because I was like, read this, you read it, it first. was great. Yeah. Did you audiobook it? Because I, as I was reading it, I was thinking it actually wouldn't be half bad as an audiobook. It wasn't. I did. I did audiobook it. Yeah. I, it was one of those ones from the library that I borrowed both ways, so I got it as a digital ebook, yeah, and as the audiobook, so I could. Which is always an indication of how into it I am, because that's how I read things the fastest. So that when I'm halfway through you can a chapter, maximize your time. You yep. find it in the audiobook, you switch modes, exactly. you continue and then progressing I, it, yeah. whereas I just walk around with the book in my hand, making, you know, washing the dishes with one hand, yeah. walking the dog with the other yes. hand, trying, you know, crossing the street. Which is probably also why you um don't remember the bit where they're in the lake. I remember her being in the lake. I just don't remember him being in the lake. They were totally in the lake. Too. Right. What are Irrelevant. the other reasons that you uh, liked it? Same as you. I really enjoyed the characters. I really liked, and it comes back to what you were saying, that tends to be our barrier to contemporary romance, is because there are fewer social stakes, generally mm. speaking, for a contemporary couple getting together than for a You don't have regency. the moral and ethical things. Yeah, so that... because the stakes are lower, I feel like contemporary novelists sometimes feel the need to up the stakes by making it more passionate and more aggressive. And I think that's where you end up with, we hate each other, but we have so much chemistry in the bedroom. And so it's it's all very, it's very has to be read like this. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all so emotionally charged. And what I, I think what got me with this novel a lot was there were two things in it that I noticed that I was like, this is why I'm enjoying this. Apart from all the stuff you've already said, which I totally agree with, it was funny. The characters were real. It was great. They actually just, they both at this point in their lives needed a friend. Yeah. And they really needed a person who understood them and they needed a safe place to be. And that was more important. And for me, that rang so true because I can't think of, because I'm, and maybe because I'm just not, like we're all wired differently. Do you know what I mean? But that for me is a kind of relationship that I can recognize. And there was kind of that little bit, not too much drama around it, but there was that little bit of a, God, I don't want to take this to the next level and then stuff it all up. I don't want to ruin my friendship. Because by, I need yeah. I need you right now. Yeah. I need you. And again, not in a, I didn't think that was done in a way that was like hokey or over the top. It was also just that they were busy and both kind of being a bit cautious for really obvious for really realistic and sensible reasons from when you're in the book reading it. That was one thing I love, love, loved. And I think that's why I really bought in because I really liked the way their relationship progressed. The other thing that got me that I absolutely loved. So it's first person, right? And so I liked January as yeah, a character. That's a big thing. If you're like, so if there's important. a micro annoyance, yeah. you're out on um, the author. She was super different to me, but I really liked who she was as a person. I enjoyed reading her. Here's the thing that another issue that I have with first books told in first person that this book just dealt with in a way I had never thought of before. There's always that moment where you want to explain what the protagonist looks like. And 
It's oh, done. And they go, I looked at myself I in the at, mirror yes. and I saw brown hair. And the one that oh. always stood out the most to me was in Thursday Next by Jasper Ford. Yes. Where she sits down at her work desk and pulls out a hand mirror and, like, with scientific detail goes and describes what she looks like. World building. Listen to that episode before she gets, you know, sidetracked. Anyway, in this, apart from some pretty vague, like really vague kind of... I I know in my mind what January looks like, but I couldn't point to where in the book I created that And I also think that you and I would have different pictures of what she looks like because they didn't really describe that. But that means it's much easier as a reader when engaging with a first-person narrative to, like, read yourself into the narrative. I guess. But, see, I don't find that I do that. I always feel like I'm being told a story by a friend. That's why if the person annoys me, it's problematic for me because I'm like, oh, God, I hate listening to this stupid woman talk about a stupid life all the time. Like it's being caught with someone obnoxious at daycare drop-off or something. Whereas this one, I really liked it because I felt like that's such an unnecessary detail. I actually don't care what she looks like. I actually don't care what characters look like. And I get it in romance novels where it's like he's super attracted to her hair or whatever, so they talk a lot about her hair. But because this was such a character-driven novel and what they loved about each other was their outlook on life and their friendship and their support and they respected each other it and all of that. It wasn't about appearance and It externals. wasn't. So she yeah. talks about him. She talks like, I know what he looks like because obviously we're in her head and she's attracted to him. So it's not like it's... But um, not massively specifically, though. No. More like, you know, oh, I love the way his shoulders look in his shirt kind of thing. It's that, not as in like, it's what I would say to a friend, not, oh, the way that his hair is closely cropped and tapers down to his neck. Like, it's just, it's that. It's literally like being told a story by the your friend. shining red lights glinted off his hair and the sunshine. And his hazel eyes or whatever. It's like yeah. so unnecessary. So, yes, I really enjoyed that that we didn't have to kind of jump that hurdle and it was towards the end of the book that I realised we had never really done that because there was no need to do it. So well done, Emily Henry. Yeah. Good writing. I feel like the focus was in the right place and, yep, really loved it. So I would reread it. it, I will definitely be rereading it. Yeah, we might actually get a hard copy of this one. (gasps) Stop it. Thank you, Library, for having it in stock in so many, so So many, many, many many copies. But we will give Emily Henry some real money. Yeah. All right. That's it. That is all we have time for. Thank you once again for joining us and tune in next week. We will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews and recommendations for whatever we read. And until then, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.